Hey everybody, it's Brendan Burchard, founder of Growth Day, and I just had the opportunity to sit down with Matthew McConaughey to have a wide-ranging conversation about self-improvement, his life, his book Green Lights, and his upcoming live free event called The Art of Living. The Art of Living is happening April 24th with my friends Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins and others that will really give you an inspirational look into how you can find what Matthew calls green lights in your life. You know, how do you find more of those times where you make the right decision and you speed on through? How do you recognize the yellow lights and the red lights of life so you make the right decisions? And I know you're gonna love that event. Again, it's free and you can go to growthday.com forward slash art of living to attend free. That's growthday.com forward slash art of living. It's coming up April 24th. Millions of people registered already for the art of living with Matthew McConaughey, Dean Graziosi, and Tony Robbins. I had such a good time sitting down and having this conversation with Matthew. I know you'll enjoy the interview plus the art of living. So go to growthday.com forward slash art of living. And with no further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Matthew McConaughey. So this morning, yeah. uh, I'm out on the water. I got a coffee. I got an egg sandwich. Yay. And I'm watching this couple stroll by. Looks like they're on vacation. Guy goes out to the edge of the water. And there's like some coral or rocks or something out there. Yeah. And I watch and I go, he's, he's, he's going to step out. He's going to step out. And sure enough, he does. He steps out, steps on the first rock, poof, just rips his ankle. Rips his ankle, looks back, oh, like this, and looks at his wife, and he's like, and he kind of hobbles in laughing at himself, and she's like, oh, why do you got to do that? What do you think it is about human behavior that we got to go to the edge and take that extra step? Because sometimes we yeah. take that extra step and you discover new worlds. Yeah. Other times you take that fall extra step and you fall on your ass, rip your ankle out. Yeah. We want to find out. want to see what we can pull off. As we... Growing up and even getting older, you have another means of doing it to go like, I did that when I was young, I'll do it again now. And then there comes a time where you go, oh, the, the body isn't keeping up with the mind. I, it makes complete sense to me. How am, I, how, am I, how am I not making that look as easy as I did once before? I mean, to find out and to uh, see if you can pull it off. Because you do. When you do pull it off, especially when the rule book or the world or the age group yeah. or the scenario says, Beware, don't step on that rock. And then you go, I've been on those rocks. I grew up on those rocks. I'll do this right. rock. And you pull it off. You're like, yeah. I am not the status quo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not. Uh, no, we are not all created equal. <laughs> I can handle these rocks. And I knew I could. And yeah. I think that's part of the enjoyment is that. And I would also say that I think that's part of. We all got to watch that because there is a lot of stuff the world tells us. Mm. Here's the lid. Here's the roof. Yeah. And this years to this year's you do that but after that you don't and it's not a one-size-fits-all program so we like to go test it and it feels really good when you're like i knew i could now when you're young you get away with stuff out of ignorance right you pull stuff off because you didn't know better yeah part of the challenge of getting older is you kind of know better but you want to go see if you can pull right. it off anyway i think the guy yeah. knew i think when he turned his ankle he kind of went like this looked back at his spouse kind of like yeah I, I know i shouldn't have but I that's, had to. I had yeah. to. Well, he's got his action sequence for the day. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> he doesn't have to go to the gym this evening. That's right. He had his action sequence that's right. this morning. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when I think of you, and uh, and this is my assumption, but I see you as some of that go out beyond mm. the outer limit. Okay, the boundary is here. This is what normal people might stop about. I'm going to go beyond. Oh, I, I have a dream mm. to go to this place. I'm just going to go. Uh, I'm right. going to go into this role that might be a little bit risky. Mm. It's like uh, that willingness to go in a direction or in a place or step into something yeah. that maybe you don't know how it's going to go. Uh, and I think that a lot of people admire you for that, but also wonder where, where does that right. adventure spirit come from? Right. Not a lot of people RV around the country and right. uh, you know between movies. Yeah. So what gives the adventurous spirit that you seem to have, mm. but maybe you even crave it? Part of it is I do like to find out. Not finding out keeps me up at night. More so than slipping on the rock and failing at what I tried to find out. Mm. The not finding out, the wondering what if, the damn it I didn't open my mouth, the damn it I didn't shut my mouth sometimes, the damn it I didn't go find out. 
there was an opportunity and I hesitated. And just when I hesitated and said, well, maybe I will, it was too late. Mm. The not finding out keeps me up at night. Mm. Kind of always has. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the desire to pull things off, I do like to see if I can pull it off. Yeah. I'm still to this day will, you know, out of the car, instead of two bags of groceries, I'll try and get one, two, three, four, just to go up the steps and I'm going to open the door with my foot and then I'm going <laughs> to kick it back with my elbow. When I pull it off, I'm like, see that? I did it one trip. Everyone said it was going to take three. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to, I like to pull stuff off. Yeah. Is it a nature of, of, of challenging yourself so you can see or proving yourself so you can show? No, it's always starts subjectively. I want to see if I can pull it off. Mm-hmm. Now, as I'm starting to land the plane and pull it off, I might get objective and go, everyone see, you know, <laughs> want to get the approval, make Come sure the kid, are we all watching Popeye here or pulling that, you know? Um, but as you all know, if you get in, that's that's the third person. That's the jumbotron that we look at when we're running down the field, running the, running the kickback, right? Yeah. In, a, in a football game to score the touchdown. Yeah. That's when you get tackled. So the behavior is very subjective. Yeah. Selfishly, I want to see if I can do it. And it's not too close to the end. We, I don't want to, if I've done that too, halfway through, oh, I'm pulling this off. Everyone check this out. Well, that's when I fumble the groceries. Right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> make sure you kind of land in there. You've got the plane landed or you're, you've almost got it pulled off before you make sure everyone's watching to get approval. And I think, look, the other thing is this. Sometimes, like Mali, Africa. I won't tell the whole story, but I had that story where I got challenged to a wrestling match mm-hmm. by the village champion. Mm-hmm. My heartbeat started racing. In this ear was like, are you kidding me? No way. Yeah. In this ear was, are you kidding me? You got to find out, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And as what I'm getting up, this one's going, no, this one's going, it's at least going to be a great story. <laughs> and I'm like, so I've done stuff or go, I don't know, man, but I'm going to find out. And, and at the very least, if I fall on my backside, so it's at least going to be a good story. Yes. Yes. And I've got a lot of stories that I like to tell. And I love hearing stories from people. And it's not the ones where you pull it off. The fun, it's the, for some of the funnest ones that are where you fell on your ass. Right, right. But you tell the story and you're the brunt of the joke. Yes. And it's, you know, so. A lot of people can't do that, though. They They have that fear of. Failure, especially right. people seeing them, because people's four primary fears I teach. I'm fearful I'm going to be ruined. I'm going to be rejected. Okay. I'm going to have regret. Okay. Or I'm going to have more responsibility than I can handle. Oh, and that's that, a cool one. That's yeah, a cool one. And that rejection part of like, wow, you know, I'm so scared to be seen dropping the groceries or right. twisting my ankle or taking the right. role that I bomb and I don't win the yeah, award yeah, yeah, yeah. on. Like, how how do you get that? You know, I think we live in a culture right now where people can be tepid and they yeah. have the, 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 the dream, but that, that courage to want to find out, it might even actually be there. Because right. a lot of people, man, you know, they got the vision boards, they got the journals, they got the dreams, but stepping out and being seen falling down, failing. You and I, we make a joke about it, probably because where we come from and our parents a little bit. But how do you, like, let's say your children but, are coming but, up and they don't take that risk. They don't put themselves out. I would say that that sense of humor of making a joke about it is part of what people, if you fear rejection, need to go. The ruining part is usually never what happens. Right. Yeah. That's catastrophizing. That's like, it's going to be the, no, it's not. Yeah. When you bu- when you do bust your ass doing going after something and you give your best effort, when you go down, those people that are so-called rejecting you usually are on the sidelines for mm. a reason. Mm. Mm. With the whistle in their mouth, refereeing the thing. The ones that you kind of want to be with are usually right there next to you going, hey, hop up, I slipped on that rock too. Right. So right. you got to pick your crowd. And I think this idea that, it, that I love chasing unanimous. It's my favorite word. Hmm. A favorite ambition. Perfection. Unanimous. I'm smart enough to know I ain't going to reach it. Right. It's impossible. So I think that wanting absolute unanimous approval, it's not happening. Mm. What's that Sammy Davis unit on? I don't know what success is, but I know what failure is. It's trying to please everybody. Yes. So the rejection part, I think, is a part of going. No, that's going to be part of it, bro. Let's just right. look at that as, as a mean of life. 
Right. Don't not be like, surprised not when a, it happens. It's not a debt. Don't look at it as like a debit. <sighs> no, the ruining would be a debit, but that's just us exaggerating the tragedy that doesn't happen. As my buddy says in Alabama, I've had thousands of crises mm-hmm. in my life and most of them never, never happened. happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's that ruining. Right. No, it's not ruined. So usually what we think is going to be ruined is basically just a rejection. Yeah. And a rejection is if we're looking at it eye to eye, going, oh, this is part of life. Mm. I look, I suffer from this when things are going well and I'm getting what I want and I'm succeeding. I have a tendency to think this is how life is supposed to be. This is the mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eh. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Enjoyed that up there. Sort of when I talk about the art of running downhill. You're running downhill, bro. Don't trip yourself because the incline's coming. It, uphill yeah. will come. Yes. So don't think that this is just the mean. Because if you think that when everything's going perfectly, you're like, ta-da, I got it. I found my frequency. It's so easy. I'll never get in a rut again. False. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, you think, oh, I failed. I'm ruined. And you're like, no, you were exaggerating the, the, the realities of life. You were, you were living like you was, he- yeah, you were living in heaven on earth, but that wasn't sustainable forever. Right, right. So when you fall, you slip on the rock instead of going, oh, God, I failed. You go, no, I slipped on a rock. Part of the step. Part of the step. Part of the process. So where yeah, do we yeah. go here? And how quickly can we then go, <clears throat> fuck my thinking. Right, right. That's a really good tool. Yes. I think sense of humor is undersold. I love this. As a means of not denying. Yeah. Because I think that's what a lot of people say. Well, what you, you're laughing at that. So are you just brushing it over like it doesn't? No, I'm not brushing right. it over. Take I'm it seriously. dealing with it. Yeah. Matthew, take it seriously. This was a fail. You right. should. You should. Wait, why are you laughing? You should take this so seriously. This is your career, Matthew. Yeah, don't you understand? If you did this over and over and over, you would be ruined. And I'm yeah. going, well, I don't plan on doing it over and over. I'm not trying to make a habit of it. Right. I saw the rock was mossy. I don't know yeah. why I stepped on the green one instead of the black one that didn't have moss on it, but I did and I slipped. I'm not, I'm going to go back and not try to step on the same thing and slip. I'm not looking to fail. Yeah. When but, do you, can you remember a time where that became a conscious practice? So for example, when I was growing up, everybody uh, in my peer group, we made fun of each other. We beat each other up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah, a very uh, blue collar, beat yourselves up, make fun of everybody. Yeah. But because we're all poor, yeah. we're in it together. Right. There's a camaraderie yeah. in the in making fun of each right. other. Uh, but there, I remember I was probably uh, in my early 20s where I learned to do that on purpose. Right. I was like, you know what? If I don't have that self-deprecating nature, yeah. life is going to hurt. Yeah. Did you remember? Was there a time? Uh, well, like, it, was, it was ingrained in me and uh, with my brothers in our family. Our family was very much, if anyone was succeeded. I remember my brother, Pat, he was very fast. He'd win the 100 meter dot dash and he'd come home kicking his hair by. My mom would be like, you better get off your toes, boy. Quit walking around like the cock of the walk, you know? Yeah. And we, if anybody, or if I showed up from Hollywood early and I was like, and they could see I had a little airs about uh-huh. me or a new certain attitude, my family, is great at ripping you to the ground, slamming you to the ground until you cry uncle. And as soon as you cry uncle and go, yeah, you're right. Okay, okay. They hoist you up and make you your favorite cocktail and favorite meal and have your arm around you and everyone laughs and you're back, man, and you're the bell of all. Love it. That was a practice early on. Now, I do find that it took time and some tact, it does take tact with doing that with everybody because mm-hmm. what tickled me, I found bruised others. You can cut them. Yeah. You know? Feels like cutting sting and criticism to other people. Or what was a bruise for me broke their arm. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, I'm not being insensitive, but so you did, uh, we did work up calluses in the right way, but we worked up some sort of resistance to being like, hey, don't take that. We're going we're gonna to laugh this off. Yeah. And I get back up on it. And it was always, let's go do it again. It was always get back out there. Now you, now we're going to tell you how much you've been kicking ass. Now we're going to tell you how great you ran that race. Now we're going to, but we didn't need you walking around like I am the SHIT. Now. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So we're going to whop, bring you down, humble you first, make you cry uncle and admit it. And then we're going to raise you yeah. higher than you were before. Was there any part of that humility and humor that stopped what we would call in the high performance research in my world of stop the integration of the wins, meaning 
you actually are succeeding and you are getting better. But there's a part of you like, I can't be on my toes, mom. You know, that part where you would be holding a sense of pride for yeah. achieving something. Yeah. But you maybe you feel like maybe I shouldn't hold that pride because, you know, I'm going to get cut down or maybe I shouldn't hold that pride because, you know what? I can't take myself too seriously, so you never gave yourself that internal strength. Yes. Has that ever happened? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Look, when I first went to Hollywood and succeeded Time to Kill 1996, boom, big blockbuster hit. I'm the and star. How old are you? Uh, 23, I think. Okay, 23. Studio, I'd been in movies before they were had some form of success, but this was the first studio film where I was the guy. I understood what it was. And now all of a sudden I can green light movies. All of a sudden I can do any script in town. It's a term, I think, imposters, complex, whatever I have. Imposter like, syndrome. Why me? Uh -huh. do, do I deserve this? Have I earned this? Oh man, I don't, man, all these people are, boy, I love you, I love you, I love you. Man, I only use that word with four people in my life and mm. this place is great, right? Or is everyone full of beer? I cannot, ah, I can't tell. Mm. I didn't know how to handle it, but I did do a sort of, now that you ask, a practice that I have practiced on. I removed myself from the situation. I went on a walkabout with a backpack in Peru for 22 days. Because you want to know yourself versus the accolades a little bit? Or? Because that was one of the measurable things. I was getting praise from strangers. I was getting offers for career achievement from strangers. And I know knew it was based off that box office did really well. I understood that I could have given the same performance, which might have been good. But if the box office didn't get, I wow. wouldn't have had that. So I was like, wait, there's a gap here but I don't want to boo-hoo that box office hit really was help. And yeah. yes, you had something to do with that, but I mm -hmm. wanted to, uh, uh, I needed to go to a place where no one knew my name, mm -hmm. no one knew my fame, no one knew my celebrity, no one knew I had an $18 million opening weekend hit in a major studio blockbuster called Time to Kill. And I needed to go find a measurement again of I've just met you. You don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. But 22 days from now, when I leave, the tears that are falling from our face and the tears that are falling from your face when you hug and give me a, say, gracias, Mateo, and talk about the time we've had, it's all earned from the, only from the man you met 22 days ago and yeah. what we've done and who I've been. Yes. And when I got that and gave that, I was like, I am responsible. I, yeah, I'm, I'm wagging this. I had a lot to do. I've earned whatever this accolade going back into fame where, yeah, you get lucky and things came, but, but oh yeah, I'm not a voyeur on this. Right. I'm subject to this yeah. and give yourself some credit. Oh, hey. Oh my gosh. It, it, we both have a lot of, uh, you know, celebrity friends, I think in common. And I think one of the things that they all struggle with is what we call in coaching, the ability to develop authentic relationships, right. like the trust into that. You don't at some point you have to anymore. trust in it. You have to believe it. You have to go, I can do that. Yeah. With or without movie, with or without book or vlog in my world. Like, oh, I can develop an authentic relationship with anybody anywhere I go. That's on me. That's my character. And when you have that, there's a different lock-in of confidence, I think. You have to, though, because what happens with fame is that all of a sudden you don't meet strangers anymore. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a bio on you, but you don't have a bio on them. Mm -hmm. So certain introductions and salutations and manners and graces are out the window. Someone comes up, I remember this, two days after, got famous after Tommy, someone came up and goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry about this HUD. I don't know this person. Mm -hmm. Number one, I go, how do they know that I have a dog? Right. How do they know she's named Miss HUD? And how do they know she has cancer? Uh -huh. We skipped three things and we haven't even said, hi, my name is. Right. This is and this is the four green lights. That's the only reason I know from the book, it's right. for this interview. It's like, oh, okay. So, so this is before. This is Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so yeah, yeah. it was it was it was shocking. And yeah. I'd be like, Hi, my name is Matthew. Can we go back there? I wasn't ready to just dive into no, but I knew because people said, No, I know you. I see your yeah. movies. Now I've gotten after decades of it of going, yeah, well, let's pick up right there. Yeah. Let's pick up right there. But to have authentic relationship, if you choose to, it does take an extra tact in the opening round. Yeah. 
Right. Meaning, yeah. oh my God, I love the movie. You did this and Miss Hud, good to hear Miss Hud survived that and everything to let them go. And then you go, hi. Right. You got kids? Mm-hmm. You baseline them. Right. You baseline out of the fame and you come back and they go, huh? I remember I used to do that at Hollywood parties. Everyone's brown going in this and looking at an Lang and I stop and I'm being, how's your family? And they go, well, what? Uh-huh. It's a baseline. Yes, bring now, it back we into baseline, their life. Mm-hmm. Now we can talk as two humans before a celebrity and a studio head. Yeah. We'll, maybe we can get there, but let's baseline this first. So good. Find a common value in something that we both have in our life that we had and have before we were ever in this business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Start there. Now we can find some authenticity. Now we can build currency in our relationship. Even going forward, if we do work together, yeah. And I go make your movie that you're financing at Warner Brothers. Now we remember that baseline. Yeah. And we check back in on it. There's a sobriety that I think is 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 important. Right. Or, you know, literally we teach this exact same thing to executives. So you're in a power dynamic. Right. Right. And you got that new employee coming in. It's like when there's a power dynamic and they're kind of, there's this presupposition of who you are and you can open gates for them. Yep. You can open career ladder for them. Yep. You can help them with their entrepreneurial endeavor. And so you have to understand when you're in that position, if you're the boss or you're, you're the mentor or the person more senior in the company or in that kind of uh, entrepreneurial endeavor, you kind of meet them where they're at. And you right. have to bring out the humanity in people because otherwise they're just going, can you help me? And and there's no real connection there. I hear you. I got, I'm a CEO to to, to many people and, and employees. And I know and have been told that I can be better at the simple thank yous. Again, mm-hmm. remember I told you thinking that when everything's going well, that's the mean. Yeah. When people are doing a good job, I can be like, duh, that's, that's Part of it. Where we roll. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it, it's true to get some to get people to invest and have find meaning and want to not only pull it off for themselves, but want to go, I want to please you, man. I want to do this and yeah. where you go, yes, I gotta watch going. I need to do more thank yous. Mm. Pointing out what you did well. That I may go, well, that's just how we do it, but point it out. Go. Mm. You know this, well, I, you know this, but yeah. this is what I love about it. And I just want to say I recognize it. That goes a long way. Yes. And it's efficient. Now, on the other hand, some CEOs, you have large staff, you have thousands. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You think, how am I going to have time to every conversation? Find a baseline, a common, and all, I mean... Right. I got eight meetings got this morning and I'm still in the first one and it's lunchtime. Uh-huh. We're grooving here, but I got I need more than 24 hours in a day. Yeah. How do you do it? I've seen people do it that are very deft at doing it, and it is easier than I think. I probably think it is, or I practice it. It is easier to do. Yeah. But it's a real art to be able to do it because look, I got at an agent once who never once told me he had to get off the call. Wow. But had an art. And I know he must have been doing it like quite a few minutes before he needed to get off the call. <laughs> right, right. Had an art of landing the conversations <laughs> plane to where it would seamlessly end and it was time to go just in time for his one o'clock. Uh-huh. I don't know how he did it because it was seamless. Mm-hmm. And I just always applauded it. And I would always go, man, you, you've never said I got to go on the phone with me one time, but you always get off right on time for whatever you got to do. This is my job as a coach. Okay. There's 60 minute sessions. And I've been doing it every week for 17 years. I got to end the call. Right. But I can't say, the, you know, yeah. this story about your husband, you know, really great, but, you know, I got to, yeah. you know, there has and you to can't be the be sitting there talking going. Right. Because the I, person, yeah. <laughs> and I think that yeah. is the fluidity in that relationship with somebody, whether a little more mm. positional power, Mm-mm-mm. to make it feel like an elegant, relationship there, like there's a there's a flow there i think you're well known for this it's like you 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 have a flow with people you make them feel connected and do i stop and take the time with every single person that comes up to me strange in the airport no i have certain measurements yeah. of how sincere do i think they are yeah will i spend more time with someone who comes up and goes kind of hey i love this well i spend more time with them 
Well, then if someone comes up and goes, aren't you that famous person? Yeah. I already know, wait, you're not really necessarily a fan right. of me. Yeah. Someone told you that guy's famous and you, I'm not going to spend as much right. time with that person because off the bat, I'm like, it's kind of insincere. You're not coming to me for me. Yeah. Now that person says, I'm a fan of yours because of this a book. I've had people stop me, put two hands on my shoulders and make sure I'm not going anywhere and going, mm. Matthew McConaughey, your book, man. It did, 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 did for me and my life. Thank you. And they were not asking permission to put their hands on my shoulders right. and turn me around. <laughs> right. And I'm like, badass, man. Yeah. Cool. I'm there taking take taking the time. And 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 I've also been susceptible to the other side. We've all tried to handle it gracefully and it got mm -hmm. the leak went. And all of a sudden, you know, I've missed my own birthday party because I got hung up talking to acquaintances that weren't even invited to the birthday. Party. Uh -huh. Right. You know what I mean? We right. gotta watch that too. Yes. I got a friend um, yes. who says this, look. Sometimes I have to be what's considered rude to strangers or acquaintances and say, I got to go because if I spend too much time with them, I'm being rude to my family or right. my or my employees. Right. So, and there's a, there's a conscious thing that happens as an adult when you hit maturity where you realize it's actually not your responsibility to make everybody feel comfortable. Right. I remember I got that feeling and probably it was until my... 30s and I'd already had, you know, all these dozens of employees. And I was like, I can't, I'm one guy. I can't make everybody feel comfortable. And it's not my job either. Part of their challenge and their maturity is getting comfortable with me. Right. Part of their challenge right. is managing their own emotional regulation. Right. Not looking to me aspirationally that I will do it for them. Right. And that's hard when it's a celebrity thing or that's yeah, hard yeah. when it's the boss thing. But I also, you know, I tell a lot of my, uh, a lot of my, you know, my audience are, they're the strivers, they're achievers, so they're also people pleasers. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, you're not responsible for the train wrecks in everybody's life. Right. Because we want to fix, or we want to cajole, or we want to help, or we want to serve. And by the way, we have to do that. That's, I think, part yeah. of living a meaningful life. At the same time, we just can't do it for everybody. So I think it's a delicate balance, and I think you probably and have to walk it even more as a tightrope than most people. And although it can feel our ego to have someone initially living through us, it's ultimately a disservice to them to keep them in, to disservice to them and yourself to keep them on that train. Because there's one you can't, you, you end up not being able to sustain. Yeah. But relationships, marriages, yeah. children, fathers, mothers, business, it can feel an ego that goes like, yeah, they're, you know, they wouldn't be where they are without me. They have yeah. to have my approval to do what they do. But that'll run you dry, number one, but then also it'll be a disservice to them because they're just playing the loop, going through, channeling through you to get all of their sense of achievement or significance or approval. And ultimately, that's not sustainable even in a the greatest marriage. Right. You know what I mean? Or it's much less an employee CEO relationship, it's doing a disservice to the person. There's a place we have to go, kids, do what you can for 18 years. Right. And then you got to go, go. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, if you hadn't learned yet, I don't know. I hope we did well enough that you can go navigate. I think one of the great things a leader has to say at some point with their people is, hey, I need you to get comfortable being here and comfortable in the discomfort. Right. And and that's your next level of, of growth. It's kind of like, you, you know, Jordan had to say, to people as he continued playing, hey, I, I need you to get comfortable with me on the court. I need you to be here on the court with me. And you might have probably had this with some, you know, uh, you know, fellow actors who you had to say, hey, and, and I, I need you in the scene, not seeing me as McConaughey, but I need you here. You know, I need yeah, you. Yeah, well, yeah, and, I, and I've had to break that down too. And that's through my behavior in the first few days. It's also, when that talk, if I'm in a scene with someone and I can tell that person's kind of maybe enamored and they're not at present because they're seeing Matthew McConaughey instead of the character or they're seeing a mm -hmm. famous person instead of the character, mm -hmm. they may say something where I hear they're impressed with the fame and I'll just undercut it and swoop under it and change the subject back to, you know, I tell you, tell you what. What's really cool is ba 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 ba. ba, ba we're, we're now we're here. Get them so to get them all again, ground them, ground them back mm -hmm. to where are we baseline. That's gonna we can do the best work in this scene is not we're not gonna do the best work in this scene 
if you're overly impressed with me, we both have to be involved. That's what I mean right. in the book by yeah. less impressed, more involved. Yes. If I'm impressed to be here talking to you, or you're overly impressed to be here talking to me, you're not going to be as involved in the conversation. Yes. If I'm holding you in a reverence that is, or you're holding me in a reverence, I can have high respect, yeah. but over reverential, oh, too reverential. Yeah. I'm just lobbing softballs or coming in and going, oh, that was great. Yeah. I'm just waxing the car and you're just yeah. waxing it. You're like, yeah. they didn't really have a conversation. We yeah. all had those and they're surfaced and like, it's okay for a piece of entertainment, but was it, did anything really happen? Did, yeah. we, did, did we, we walk find away? Something? Did we find something? Yeah. Like, Better, more informed, more educated? Hmm. Usually not. Yeah. I love that line psychologically of less impressed, more involved. Yeah. You know, what, when you're thinking about that and you're diving in, how do you find that presence? Because it's very easy. I, I like the metaphor you're using before. Like, hey, I'm, I'm riding up here, right? I'm on the success wave right now. I, I can kind of ride above it all and not get into the dirt of the moment, not find mindfulness, not find right. groundedness. Like what is your personal practice to go, hey, I need to get real again. I need to get my feet in the dirt. Well, I need to be here. Trusting, How do you do it? How do you do it? Trusting that that, that don't get that unless you do that. Got it. You don't get, I know I can go back and connect the dots of when I've done the best work or had the greatest successes or got the most of what I wanted. Oh, it's be, not because I was down here going, no, I only want to talk about being up there. It was like, no, I did the, I was present and in, in, in involved in the doing and the behavior of doing the thing mm -hmm. in a relationship, in a job, whatever mm -hmm. that is, of the doing. And either that took me right there or it was just a succession of, yeah, you're present again. Jesus showed up again. Jesus did it again. You do that, there is an ascension. It's not yeah. a flat line. Yeah. And that ascension leads to that place where you're like, Rolling, man, yeah. in a land cruiser, man. Yeah. Feet are barely off the ground. Okay. But when it's time to go to work, I learned that in Hollywood. One of the first things, Show make up. it about the work. I don't care how famous you get. It's always about the work. If you go back to the work, if you go back to the script, you can't go wrong. Nice. You can't do that too much. Nice. You can't go so, like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm too into the scene. No, there's no such thing. We could do this for a year and you still could go further. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm. trusting that that is what gets you there. Hey gang, it's Brendan. I'm gonna change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network, Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance. But I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy, I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn to earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about you know their ambitions and what they're trying to do. And she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're gonna get new perspectives about life. You'll laugh a lot, you'll be motivated, and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. Go subscribe to Lori Harder's podcast. It's called Earn Your Happy. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's Earn Your Happy podcast. How do you do that in... Uh relationships. So like mm. marriage, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. everyone's quite impressed with themselves and their marriage, but to, to get more engaged when this person's upset, to get more engaged when this person isn't feeling yeah. it, they're not in the land cruiser, yep. but you are, yep. you know, yep. Yep. How, yep. how does yep. that work? Because I think a big piece 
of personal development is learning to be present with people yeah. when they're actually not on the vibe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're like, how can you not be on the vibe? There's room. It's not crowded. We got to look around us. You know, sometimes it's like baseline on gratitude. Let's look around mm. at what we got. No, it's not perfect, but let's look around. We root for each other. We love each other. I'm essentially the same man you fell in love with. You're essentially the same woman I fell in love with. But that's also can be surface uh -huh. because you can look around and go, what are we talking about? Meaningfulness and mm -hmm. connectivity. You can look around and have all the things that you're like, how am I not happy? How am I not up here riding on the plane? Intellectually, you're like, I should be. But that's not the answer mm -hmm. of, oh, no, I really am. So, look, I'm, and I'm still learning this. And Camilla and I have been, you know, had a really good marriage now for relationship with three kids and married, I think, 13, 14 years. And we, it, it takes, it takes maintenance. Mm -hmm. But we want to do more. We're trying to do more than just maintain. Right. We're trying to thrive. And part of that is I got to be patient. She's got to be patient with, yeah, I'm essentially the same man. You're essentially the same woman, but I'm evolving on my own here. Yes. And I'm trying out new things because I didn't want to stay right there in my comfort zone. And in doing that, oh, I slipped on that rock. Yeah. And if we just stayed over here doing what we were doing, wouldn't have slipped. Right. But I had to go, I'm trying something out. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's uncomfortable. I failed. I didn't get the result I wanted. Or, you know, someone comes up and something goes wrong with the health, physical, mental, spiritual health. And you're like, mm. man, I'm feeling so connected. Mm to God or my spirit right now. And, and I'm feeling so grounded and you're looking for an anchor. Mm -hmm. Now, right, what things maybe we need to start practicing doing together more? Can I have, can we, when we're, if we're the one rolling, can we have the courage, I guess is the best word, maybe, to go, I'm gonna experience this with my partner who's lagging behind on this right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge him on that or go, nan, 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 boo, boo, why are you so far behind? Because I'm not, we're not, I'm mature enough, we're not, we're not playing score anymore. It's like, yeah. who's doing better and who's doing work. We're past that if we're in a relationship, right? Yeah. But how do we go, let's do it together. Can some of my self-significance now come through seeing you get your own? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and, and how is that, and, and that that service maybe to you or your service to me, actually does serve me and does serve you. Tough thing to trust. Really tough. Because I know I got to watch, man, when I'm rolling or feeling really strong, I I kind of want to be the only one on the in the wheel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, this is great. Does everyone want to ride? And some people are like, no, I'd like to drive a little bit. <laughs> you know? right. You're like, yeah. right now? Or I hate yeah. this road. Yeah. I don't I, like I this, hate this town. And I don't want to yeah. be in the left lane going so fast. Can we right. just pull over and kind of <laughs> yeah. sightsee? Yeah. Because I told no. you that 10 miles ago, you're not listening yet. But honey, look, we're making great time. This is awesome. And I love driving. Well, great. What are we in a rush for? I'm, you're going to, you, you love driving. We're going to get there in the best time ever. You're going to win. But can we just pull over and sightsee? And can we see that there's a victory in that too? That someone else may have another measurement of what they're calling yes. their victory. Yeah. You know, what they're calling what to win That's for good. them. That's good. Their win is different. And their experience is different. Their emotion is different. Yeah. Learning to tune in, ask the question in advance, yeah. you know, acknowledge yeah. and praise, but also just meeting someone where they're at is so hard. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. When you're dealing with now, like you're processing a hard time. Yeah. Like in, in the book, you talk about, hey, you, you took this break from what people knew McConaughey as, yeah. you know, you're going to take a break from rom-coms or yeah, whatever yeah, types yeah, of films yeah, and yeah, roles. Yeah. And then you're facing, you know, the silence and you're facing the desert, right. and you're wondering what's going on, yeah. and the finances aren't the same anymore. When you are processing difficulty, processing tough choices, what are you saying to yourself to survive that? Because I know you had support in your marriage. Right. Uh, you were talking about that in the book, but like, what's that internal dialogue? Because I think when people are in hardship, actually I think a lot of people right now, they're discouraged. Yeah. You know, They've tried uncertain. to pivot their career or their life, they're uncertain. They're feeling doubtful. I mean, 
it's time right now to process its difficulty. Yes. It's hard. There's some hardship. What, what do you say to yourself? What's that self-talk that you think helps you? This too shall pass. That doesn't mean be complacent. That doesn't mean leave it up to fate. That actually means, yeah, it will pass, but I could also got a chance of getting out of here healthier and more constructively and sooner if I put my hands on the wheel as well. Mm. Mm. And take some agency to start one step at a time. Especially coming out of what we've been coming at. Some, a lot of people were rolling and then interrupted by COVID disruption. And for four years or now, ah, oh, yes. And they want to come back in. They want to go right back to where they were. And, and, and we're going, oh, geez, I can't hop right back on the freeway where I was or yeah. right back in the left lane. I got to take some steps. And so it takes a lot of patience with self, constructive patience. When I'm getting, when it's overwhelming to me, I do tell myself, it's going to, this, this is going to pass. This is a blip mm -hmm. in time. In the big picture, this is, it sounds monstrous to me right now. I feel like the world's revolving around me. This is a specific problem of mine that nobody else has. And woe be me. But I'm like, what I usually do is I go, you're going to die one day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden that relaxes me in a way where I'm like, oh, I, I, now I can start dealing with this yeah. better. Mortality's like, the best perspective checker. It's you know. such a good one. Now yeah. we run from it, but I do yeah. think uh, that projection to there is a really healthy projection. I do it all the time. That's, that's it's really secret. good. Yeah. You know? And to go, so what's this? So this mortal sweat I'm breaking, what's the big deal? Uh -huh. You know what I mean? So, and it helps me deal more. Uh -huh. and, the, and the problem that is the, you think maybe ruin turns into something more realistic, like just an honest rejection. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it brings it down to, to brings it down to size to be able to navigate it better and to yeah. be able to, to, to process, figure out how to get through it better. It does help with perspective. I also, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, if I'm in a troubled time, some of my amnesty mental think is a little what I was saying earlier of, it's going to be a good story. <laughs> one day, not yeah. yet. Yeah. One day I trust that I'll look back on this and go, remember that? I love that. And just yes, with a wry smile to myself, go, yeah. just trust that, bro. Trust that. Now, some of people may be going, you still hadn't said how the hell do you get out of it? I'm talking about just how to cope with dealing and not be paralyzed by the mounting pressure that <gasps> the dire need or this is it or else. Because mm -hmm. again, very seldom is it really ruin. Right. It's often rejection, but very seldom is it the ruin. So right. I don't let myself get into that. And I and think the regret will come up if you don't engage it. Find out. If you don't, find out. And then, and then the, be the beautiful thing can happen, though. And it happened to me in that year in Australia that I had with the very odd family where I was mentally going insane and imploding. About eight months into that, I lost my grease. My differential was split. Really? Mm. About eight months into it, though, of writing 14-page letters to myself and returning letters to myself, there were 16 pages in very small writing with long run-on sentences and way too many adjectives and adverbs. <laughs> you were young. You got it. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I was going through, I was imploding. Was it, were you imploding Eight. because the way they, the way they treated you or because you sensed something was false and off? I mean, it could be both, but. I, mean, I had no identity. I had no judgment. Uh -huh. Everything that was happening to me, I kept chalking it up to a cultural difference. Oh, maybe that's something I need. Maybe I need to, maybe that's me. When oh, you felt like you weren't fitting in. Right. Oh, okay. So in hindsight, I look back and I'll go like, bullshit, man. That was them. Yeah. But I didn't know it then. But at eight months into that, and then similar thing happened when I took the two years off for the rom-com. There came about, after about a year and a half of that, and then after eight months of the year in Australia, I started to get a little bit of pride in my endurance. <laughs> right. yeah. I started to like get some identity in the fact that I was on this pilgrimage 
a penance. Yes. And there was like, oh, I kind of feel like the longer this goes on, the bigger the reward's going to be on the yeah, other the side. The strength through yeah, the struggle I got starts developing. Stronger and going mm-hmm. like, I'm building some calluses, man. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm building strength. I got no one to rely on but me. And I don't even know who the hell I am right now, but I know that's all I can rely on. Even that turned into where all of a sudden I started to gain a little steam. Uh And it wasn't like I didn't want it to end. It was like, oh, I want this to end tomorrow, please. But if it doesn't, I'm getting stronger now. I've been have toured. a better story. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a great chapter in the book. And I'll, but I'll be living yeah. a better story because yeah. of this happened to me. And that's that's what I mean, the, probably the coup de grace of this. Yeah. Trusting that this penance I am going through, it's got a gift in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's delusional optimism. It damn well got a gift in it. And if it goes on for long enough, it's really got a gift in it. Yes. That gift may be realized next week, Next year, 20 years from now, it may be realized after we leave this life and our kids or their kids, 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 kids realize a gift from a great pain and crisis that went, that we happen in our life. Mm. So if we can expand mm. our timeline and even go beyond, mm. oh, get on our deathbed. Mm. The gifts can come generationally in, in other people's lives that of pain and crisis we go through. And I trust that. Not 100% clearly all the time, but I go back to that often and go, this is hard, but trust there's a gift here. You're given a green light somewhere to somebody, either by the pain and stress that you're going through, someone will learn something from it. What you lost will pay someone else back later. Yeah, I love the extending the timeline. Yeah, that's good. Because the, the sacrifice you're feeling now, the struggle you're feeling now, the payoff may or may not be for you, but it might be for something down the line that you didn't even see for that grandkid or yeah. that future. Yeah, uh, We have this phrase in my work called honor the struggle. Yeah. So when you're struggle, you honor it. Honor it means you acknowledge it. Yeah. Okay, this is real. This is in front of me. And I'm going to honor it by engaging it, not making the problem bigger than the personhood, but saying, okay, can the person handle this problem? Right. Can, I, can I engage this a little bit? Because a struggle is going to strengthen me. It's going to right. teach me new skill. Right. It's going to make me better, even if I don't know why or right, how right, or right, when. Right, right. But I'm going to honor the struggle as it's real. It's it's put in front of me. And it's he might have a son, plan. I don't know why he gets... Son of a bitch. He put this yeah. mountain in front of me. I didn't even have, I wasn't even out for a hike, God. Yeah. I didn't even want to hike. But you put a mountain here. It's like... Or I created it myself and I go back in time and see exactly where I created it. Yeah. Yeah. Honor that reality that this is a thing. Yeah. You've got to deal with thing. And if you deal with the thing, now you develop strength. It's the same like, you know, I work with a lot of elite military and they say the same thing. Embrace the suck. Right, right. You know, if you, if yeah. the suck is there. Yeah. If you embrace it, yeah. you get stronger through it. If yeah. you don't, you're, you're in the battle yeah. route. You know? Look, I, I've got a friend who looks for chaos <laughs> and crisis because, oh, then he feels alive. Talk yeah. about, you talk about aliveness and connectivity and meaningfulness. I don't go that far. I'm not that far where I'm looking for right. trouble or looking for a problem just so I can solve it. But I'm also curious if you go to that extent. Mm-hmm. And my mom's got a little bit of this. She can handle that stuff so well mm-hmm. that actually, when things are going smooth <laughs> or everything's too kumbaya, let me see if I can or break too it. much in order. Uh huh. She'll break it just to break go. It. <sighs> right. And you're like, Jay's, you know, but, yeah. but you you saw my book. Mom, my mom's like that. She like she wants, she likes life, the tidal waves of yeah. life. Yeah. I'm like, that's you, mom. I like a little more of a river yeah. with some streams and some <laughs> rapids, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I've seen, you know, that's the other extreme there of going and absolutely loving chaos. But the one I think you're talking about that most of us have to deal with, the majority. Is the is the previous one the one on the on the on the first half of oh this problem is bigger than me mm-hmm. oh I can't handle it why me I'll never get out of this and that leans into that being victimized yeah and I, but I do think that just that simple math of going we're all victims mm-hmm. victims have, have no I don't know but a couple of things already today can go my way it was like you could say okay yep you were a victim of that that or or that was done unto you. 
Mm-hmm. And it isn't ideal. It isn't how you wanted it. It wasn't how you, what you expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, life's just too random for us not to all be victims of something. But doesn't mean you got to make it a capital V. Right. Right. I mean, you got to put it in bold print and yeah. go, oh, hey, oh my God. You know, it's like some of, the, some of these, it's when I talk about in the book, I want to talk about yellow lights. Uh-huh. There's a choice. That's the life choices at the yellow light. Yellow lights are the most like life. You got two choices. Yes. Green go, red stop. But yellow, you can either heed the caution uh-huh. and slow down and gear down because hopefully you kind of need to do a little inventory. Mm hmm. Just as important of a choice is going, I'm putting the pedal to the metal, man. Blowing this thing. I'm not going to give credit to the crisis. Yeah. I'm not going to let myself be victimized. If I stop there, I might be start to wallow. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving that caution credit. So sometimes it's just blowing the yellow light and going, no, no, no. I'm not, that wasn't, that wasn't a problem. Yeah. Again, I've had a thousand crises in my life. Most of them never happened. That's right. very true. Right. You know, so don't give, don't acknowledge some of these ones. Yeah. The question is, are you, I think we have to ask ourselves, are we, are we progressing through life struggles, through life yeah. circumstances, unfairnesses, challenges? Yeah. It's like we're going it. And then, you know, if things are going really great and you keep breaking it because there's chaos uh, that you want, that you thrive on. Yeah. Sometimes that comes from competence, like, oh, I'm just good at managing that. I need that. Yeah. I need that edge. Yeah. You know, a lot of sports figures do this. I, I, yeah. They have to create chaos because they're so good with the edge. Create I, the resistance to get overcome yeah. the obstacle. But there's a difference. If you need chaos, it's usually maladaptive. What's maladaptive? It means it's coming from a place where you're trying to wreck things because something else isn't quite right. Okay. But if you need challenge, now that can be conscious. Right. I can choose to make things more difficult and progressively lift up the challenge. I can make things challenging in my life without wrecking everybody else's. Right, right, right. Right, so there's responsible levels of challenge that you are getting better. You're getting more competence. You're contributing better. You're doing your art better. You're becoming a master worker at whatever you're doing. And you keep leveling it up. And leveling it up consciously right. means you're not blowing up your life and everybody else's life. If right, right. you just keep blowing up everybody's life because you need that chaos, then it's a little <laughs> yeah, bit maladaptive yeah. is what uh, they would right. say in, in the coaching world, yeah. you know, without labeling. There's a, there's a, there's a, uh, um, you've got to be considerate with the consequences. Yeah. Because I know I do plenty of stuff. Where I'm like, I'll be able to handle that. As I said earlier, it tickles me, may bruise you, but I need to measure. Well, that's going to have, have repercussions on other people in other my people. life. Yeah. High performance, literally the way we define it in the research was it means you achieve long-term success while maintaining well-being and healthy relationships. It means you achieve over the long term and you don't wreck your right. health and you don't wreck relationships on a consistent basis because if right. you do that, you'll underperform right. in the end game. And you're just re- revolving instead yeah. of evolving. Yeah. 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 I, love, I love green lights. I love the concept of what you're doing. I'm really excited you're like going so strongly into uh, allowing yourself some of that, uh, you know, prescriptive, like, hey, mm. you know, here, here's ways to deal with. Here's 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 the art of living from my perspective. Yeah. And so, you know, I want to make sure to give a shout out to Dean and Tony and 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 this whole crew that you're working on with doing the art of living. And you got this upcoming, you know, live event. How did you end up kind of getting into that where you're like, right. okay, I got this book. Yeah. And now you have this live event and this opportunity to share more of your philosophy, which is courageous and a risk. So I'm wondering what your process was to say, I want to teach more. I was asked to. Mm-hmm. I'm about a singular person by thousands of readers were going, yeah. okay, man, I love the approach in your book and it's helped me here and here, but I wish, it was, could I, could you get more crank? Could you get more granular with me? I, 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 I'm finding green lights in my life, but oh, I'm not sure that, which ones to trust. Yellow lights, man, it seems like sometimes it was easy for you to know when to slow down or push the pedal to the metal. Was it easy? Because that decision's got me going, well, I'm not sure, man. Do I put the pedal to the metal and blow it or do I slow down? And then this stuff you talk about red lights, like there's a gift in the red light. W- what? How? So I got asked the, and asked, can you go, can you go into that more? Love it. Simultaneously, Dean and Tony come to me and say, look, we're fans of the book and the approach. Would you be interested in getting more prescriptive in showing how it could be more granular and the tool that how to how to get into how it's a tool 
Mm. The tools for catching green lights, the tools for navigating yellow and red lights, and the tools for choosing what to do at the yellow lights. And I was like, yeah, just this has gotten more grounded. And it, this, sounds like, this sounds like a way that I can personally share with people ways they can go, oh, no, I see how I can use that in my life this afternoon with this decision. Yes. So we're going to be off, we're going to be getting under the hood, talking about the process of how to create green lights, process of how to, how to navigate a red light, process of making the right choice at the yellow light in ways that were more of an approach of looking at it in the book. That's great. So what we're doing on the 24th is we're going to get under the hood of the, the process to try to make it more practical for people to understand in their own lives. I love that. I love that. There's that, there's that move from uh, almost like a memoir. And here's my stories of how I dealt with it to, hey, we're all dealing with these things in our life. Here's some and thinking here's tools that you can to how to process to, that. So you can deal yeah. with, it, with whatever it is going on in your own life. I'm excited to see yeah. you doing that. Something that uniquely happens after you've written a book. And I wonder if you get that. Yeah, I got pulled in. I got pulled into it. I mean, I had... I mean, I'm working on stuff now that's a, a different book, but 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 I was just I just I got I got asked, and I kept getting asked. Yeah. And the questions became consistent. Yeah. And I was getting pulled in to go. Can we go a level deeper into even more of the pragmatic than the process of this? And then just after that is when Dean and Tony reached out, and I was like, "You read my mail? Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's do this." And so we. Um, Worked, got some great people. Go on the 24th at 9 a.m. Pacific, and we're going to, for four or five hours, do this. I love it. I love it. You know, what I love is that story you were telling about the person who had to come up and grab you and go, your book yeah, changed yeah. my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think anything does it more than a book. My agent used to say, he says, people watch your video, they'll watch your movie, they'll watch your course, they'll watch your documentary, they'll listen to your podcast, they'll do that. But a book? They take you to bed with them. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. I like that. It's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. you're in their brain right, right, for four right, right. to seven hours. It's with a, a different book. kind of investment. A different yeah. kind. And so, I, I mean, I think I've, I've got 30 online courses and, you know, all these videos. But the number one thing I always get feedback is the books. Right. It's always, right. it's a different relationship. Yeah. And I was excited when you came out with your book because when I read Green Lights, I was like, oh, I have a different relationship right. with who I assumed this person to be. But also there's so much value and right. gold in this. I'm excited to see you take a next level and, and, and be online. And of course, everyone watching, there's a link in this video that you can click on to join free on April 24th. That's Matthew right. That's the other thing. It's free. It's free. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It's just reaching a lot of people with a message that is needed right now. Uh, I'd love to ask this last question that is important to me personally. Um, you know, I got into self-improvement because of a car accident. And that car accident kind of taught me I didn't know who I was. And I didn't know what I wanted of life. And I kind of learned that my mortality was going to be defined by the questions I asked of my life at the end. Because I had to face my life. So it's like, did I really live my life? Did I really love others? Did I matter? And so part of my mantra became these three words of live, love, and matter. And, you know, it's 24 years on my wrist now. Do you have like words that you try to live into, that you try to grow into. Some people would say it's like the words that you'd have on a tombstone or it's the words that kind of guide your intention each day. Is it a, a set of words? Is it a set of thoughts that you feel like, hey, that's really kind of how I'm, I'm trying to be that guy or live that kind of life or these words are important to me. We call them the three words in, in, in my world. Is there three that you would say are relevant? I mean, I love unpacking all kinds of uh, lyrics, bumper stickers, and one-liners, but the one that's been with me since it came to me right after my father passed away that has always passed the stress test, no matter what situation, is just keep living. Just, just keep, living. keep living. At the end of it, what else are we going to do? Now, can that mean daily make the most life-affirming choices? Yeah, it can mean that. Can it mean to the agoraphobic to get out of the house, man? Go across the street. Go get the mail. That might be just keep living. 
can it mean to the 18-year-old extrovert who loves to party and is a social animal to maybe stay home one Thursday night and read a book? Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's it for that person. And then on a spiritual level, you're not gone after you leave this life. My dad passed away. He was physically gone. That's what Just Keep Living came from because I tried to maintain a relationship with him and live in to become the man that he was taught me to be. To honor his moving on from this life. Mm -hmm. So to keep him immortal. So that finish line be in, which is a long way to project. What's yeah. our eulogy? What's the deathbed? We can even, just even to go, what if we go a couple generations past it? How far can we go past it to go? Those lessons, those gifts can come even later. I can be honoring, will my children honor me after I'm left this life through what hopefully I'm teaching them, they're learning from me and their mother now in our household. I want to be around and hopefully see his It'll make me very proud and honored to see him go in this life, to be alive in this life and see him go become individuals and see who they are in character and success of who they're, how they live, how they treat people and treat themselves. And go, I think we had something to do with that, honey. <laughs> and then, then for them one day to come back and go, thank you. What an opportunity. Just keep living. Yeah. Everybody. The Art of Living, Matthew McConaughey, Dean Graziosi, Tony Robbins, April 24th. It's free. Make sure you watch it and join McConaughey. Just keep living. So Appreciate good. it. So good. good. Enjoy that. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with me and Matthew McConaughey. And do yourself a favor. Go to growthday.com forward slash art of living to attend for free. It's April 24th. It's Matthew McConaughey and my friends, Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins really laying out a plan for how you can take some concepts that Matthew shares in both his book, Green Lights, and some of the concepts we covered in this interview today. It's a free live event with millions of people registered. You can go to growthday.com forward slash art of living to attend free. Again, that link is in the description. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, share it with somebody today, and I'll see you in Growth Day soon. Hey, it's Brendan, and I want to tell you about Circle and how powerful it is if you're trying to build your online community outside of Facebook groups. You know, I had this problem a couple of years ago where I just started noticing when I was running a Facebook group, um, really Facebook was incentivized to kind of steal my customer and steal my audience. So they'd recommend other things I didn't like, or honestly, my members were losing my posts in the feed. I didn't really have the information or the data about the people in the group that I wanted. It was hard to actually communicate with them offline, out of the group. And most importantly, it was hard to sell stuff and have an actual business from it without driving them to other places. And then came along Circle. And it's just at the website circle.so. So just go to circle.so. And you can see that they have built this incredible platform that allows you to host a community, go live in that community, and really segment the community into these different spaces where you can give people access to different levels of content or community, which I absolutely love. Because you know, in my businesses, I've got new people coming in, I've got paying members coming in, I've got all these different products or courses or programs, and, and they've always had these different logins, they've been all over the place. Now with Circle, it's in one place. My community can meet there. They can post. I can post. We can use like multimedia posts as well. They can post video or audio. So can I. I can organize things, all of my content in very unique places and grant access to only some people. And of course, I can have my team in there moderating the whole community with me. Everybody needs this. Everyone's trying to build their community, but they struggle. Like what system or what tools do you need to use or have? Trust me, building it out on your own, not an option. Too expensive, too time consuming. So go to circle.so and check it out. If you're trying to build a community and really maintain control of that community and do a great job serving them and building a business from it, go to circle.so.
Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I want to jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses or where I go live in my membership areas or how I accept money online now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules? Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com.